Money, Mindset and Shisha. That's Dubai. Welcome to the Dubai State of Mind podcast. Let us show you some examples what Dubai Mindset means. You think it's not possible? Come to Dubai, Habibi. Watch and learn how money, mindset and Shisha can conquer the world. All that crazy stuff would presented by the one and only Daniel Garofoli. Guys, welcome for another episode here of the Dubai State of Mind podcast. Today we have Mr. Firas Al-Mazadi, the CEO and founder of Fan Properties here in Dubai, one of the most famous real estate companies. He's a real estate tycoon by the age of 34 and he has an impressive story how he came to Dubai. Uh, welcome, Firas. Thank you for your time and Thank that you, you're Daniel. taking Thank you part. for having me. Thank you very much. So please tell a little bit about, a little bit about yourself. So I, am, I was born in 1984, so today I'm 30, 35. If I want to make myself younger, maybe 34. Yeah. Uh, been in Dubai for 12 years, married with two kids. Uh, arrived to Dubai December 2000, December 2005. 15th December 2005 so yeah, when I arrived to Dubai yeah so when I arrived to Dubai I used to work for I started working for Armani as a salesperson so I used to sell clothes wow. and I did that for probably a year and a half um, and a year and a half I was doing double shifts at Armani because I always believed that if you want to learn faster or if you want to progress faster you have to put more hours um, so you can do more and learn more by doing more and that's the time you really progress faster so my first year there, I got, um, I was the number one basically salesperson across the UAE. And I got a nice Bulgari watch I still have actually with me wow. uh, as an award. And then I felt that there's, you know, I could see the ceiling uh, too low, you know, for growth. So I decided to leave and I decided to start looking for next. And I started having interviews. And of course, real estate was probably the most energetic uh, element in, in, in Dubai and it still is I think because back then third of the world's cranes were in Dubai and wherever you go you just see cranes so anyway I've done a lot of interviews I've done interviews with insurance companies real companies and I was rejected in all of them and some of them I just went in and I completely frozen froze and the reason why I'm saying this in particular because I want people to know that the, the fact that you can do extremely bad uh, and really the opposite of what they call performing, uh, that doesn't mean that it's, it's the end. It's, it's, it's probably the start, and that was the start to me for me. Yeah. So anyway, I got um, accepted in one real estate company in Dubai Marina, and uh, I couldn't jump into a commission based only, so I, my salary back then was 5,500 dirhams a month. So it was difficult for me to jump completely into, into real estate, and I was studying at the same, at the same time in, in Knowledge Village in Dubai. So I took my vacation, was, I think I had 22 days when I decided to do it. I took my 22 days vacation. I went to this company, I did some leasing. I looked at people around me and I was like, you know, if these guys can do it, if these guys are selling and these guys are driving these cars and they're successful, it means like I can do over and beyond, you know? And that's the time I decided to quit my job and, and, and go to real estate fully. So I went back, resigned and started real estate. Beautiful. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, your your childhood. How did you grow up? How did you uh, like? 
what was your situation? How, what yeah. brought you originally to Dubai to work with uh, Armani back then as yeah. well? So I was, um, so like I said, I'm Syrian, born in, uh, I was born in Homs. Um, it's a mid-sized city in Syria. And, uh, you know, I grew in a very, I would say, educated family. So my dad is an engineer. My mom graduated uh, English literature. My, literature. my uncles are doctors and but basically, I was the only troublemaker in the in the uh, in the family. I would say, the black sheep. Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, I never accepted, I never accepted any reality that was not satisfactory to me. So I always wanted to do more and more. I have one sister and one brother. My brother is now with me. He's behind all the uh, success of the tech side of of what we do and all the marketing and the online stuff we're doing at Fam. Um, so yeah, so basically I, I, I never accepted certain realities and I always wanted to do more. So I started selling, I was selling, I sold fireworks, I sold whatever you call these, uh, uh, the small toy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, to my friends, then I think at the age of nine or 10, we had a small shop in the, in the downtown in, in Homs. uh, uh but basically the downtown downtown as in as in Satwa or Suknai, if not the downtown of Dubai Mola, uh, not the best version of, of downtown, what they call downtown. So I started selling shoes there back then. Uh, and I I went me and my brother there. I I stayed, I think for I continued doing that for maybe seven or eight years until I decided to to move. To How next. did you get the opportunity to move to Dubai? What brought you there? What was the was there a point in your life where you said, "I want to leave Homs, I want to leave Syria"? And how did you hear about yeah. the city? And what brought you there? I think the tipping point was the time I came back home, and uh, my mother and my brother were watching. Uh, you know, one of the Arabic speakers' name is Doctor Salah. He's basically all about motivation and inspiration and setting your goals and planning and and that was honestly that was. I remember very well, it was like 5 p.m. And that was a tipping point for me where I decided to start thinking and using my, you know, my brain in, in, in the right way, basically. And I started setting up goals for myself. And, um, and my first target was to get out of Syria. I wanted a fresh start. I wanted, um, you know, I just wanted a stepstone elsewhere, a place where, um, you have opportunities. And of course, in Syria, you have a lot of people coming in the summertime from, G from the GCC, people who also left with nothing and, and came back with a success story. So that was my first target. So I started taking interviews. I was accepted as a security in Qatar, a mall security. You know, to that extent, I just wanted to start because I, I really believed in myself that I truly believed in myself back then that with, despite where I start from, I can make it. And I remember very well telling the same to my, you know, to my cousins uh, before I traveled. And then I did an interview. I was accepted by Altair. Basically, what they do, they, they have Armani here, one of the retail brands they have. And uh, then, of course, I chose this over being a security in a mall. I thought this is maybe slightly better. And I, yeah, and I came to Dubai. So that was the, the, the start. So the grace of God and prayers of my parents. Um, you know, I, I, and I worked very hard and yeah. And um, the Armani store, was that in the Dubai mall already or was that another? No, it was, I started in Dera city center, Wow. Uh, in Armani jeans. Yeah. 
and then uh, and then I moved to Emporia Armani in Emirates Towers. Okay. Yeah. And um, when was the point then, like where you where you understand that you are different than anybody else around you? I'm very competitive by nature. Like I'm a natural born competitive freak. Yeah. You know, the minute I go into anything, I just I cannot I cannot accept not doing it to the best extent of my of my ability. If you tell me what, mo- yeah, yeah, honestly, if you tell me what motivates me, uh, one of the really good motivations I have is obstacles and competition. Yeah. You know, the more pressure I have, the more challenging it gets. And that doesn't mean that I win every round, you know? Yeah. Uh, because yeah. again, if I win every round, maybe I'll be in my, in my comfort zone today. So I, I'm like everybody else, I go through challenges and ups and downs. But all that matters is how fast you bring yourself back up and how you also perceive it. Yeah. What's your perception of a challenge or an obstacle? You know, if, if you manage to, so I managed to associate pain to success to the extent that the minute I'm comfortable, I feel I'm not gonna get anywhere or I'm, so comfortable means my progress is slow. So comfort means slow progress. So I don't feel comfortable in my comfort zone because I associate pain and hard work and obstacles and pressure and competition and I associate that to success. Yeah. If I come back every day home dead, <laughs> that means I did well. Yeah. 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 So that, that, was, that was a powerful thing that you just said that you don't have to win every round. Um, I, I think it's so important to also accept and actually looking for failures to, to to see a way that it doesn't work and to to throw yourself out there and to see okay how does the outside world react to yeah. me do i get accepted do i get do i get pushbacks how do you how do you perceive pushbacks like if you if you start you you are all over the place i know that and i'm i'm probably like the, the things that i know of you are probably only 10% of what you're actually doing right okay. so um but i know that you have run many businesses uh, how do you how do you handle uh, a failure in that sense or a pushback or or challenges or how do you overcome them what is your what is your key to success to turn it around or to to grow out of this failure i think the most important thing as i said is your perception of failure and your perception of pushback you know if you associate that to you know a state of emergency where you have to work harder um that's the time you're really gonna, it's gonna have a good snowball effect on you, a positive snowball effect on you. Um, So again, it's your perception of the pushback. You know, the more I get pushed back, my perception is now, it's like automated in my brain, you know? I'm pushed back, it means I have to do more. It's it's very... It's not a pushback, it's a push front for you. Yeah, yeah. It's the perception, it's how you you, you receive it, right? And to be honest, it's it's very simple. I mean, sometimes I... You know, you you up, you you want to watch a video about success or motivation, and and honestly, if you think of the words or the statements they make, all these super successful people, I mean, it's not rocket science. You see people saying, um, "Don't give up." I mean, how complex it is to to say, yeah. "Don't give up," persevere. How complex it is to to say you have to stay consistent. You you can't do it depending on your mood, depending on how the world is treating you. You just have to be consistent with the quality and the amount of efforts you're putting in. So honestly, success and you know acting under pressure and it's not complex. It's just about really doing it. Yeah. Is there was there? Uh, I mean, 
after you be joined the real estate, how long did it take you from being an agent to open up your own company? I, um, I think I spent about a year and a half. I think a year and a half. Okay. In real estate, yeah, because if I arrived here so six to mid two thousand seven, and yeah, about a year and a half to two years maximum. Because basically, when I so when I joined the real estate, I, I one of the investors I dealt with, he had a company that, and he was literally closing down. I remember very well. I walked into the office in Governor uh, Tower and uh, on Sheikh Zayed Road with him and his brother. Uh, he's my best best friend today. His name is Ab Karim. Uh, he'll probably get to listen to this. <laughs> I remember very well they were closing down the uh, the office and the office has, you know, all A-class furniture. And I said, you know what? You still have probably five months back then on the rent. And I said, okay, let me try. So I came with just me. I hired, you know, a few agents. And I, was, I wasn't like too old in the real estate. I remember the first deal we closed when the buyer and the seller came, they were like, okay, where is the general manager? Mm -hmm. And when I walked in, I didn't know if they thought I'm, I'm, I'm just another agent or the office boy even, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I did that for a period of time and then I sold the company to a, um, I remember I sold it for 1.5 million from closing down to 1.5 million, wow. just the setup I did without even the actual license wow. uh, to two investors, one is Lebanese, one is Armenian. Um, and I remained, you know, what they called me back then, general manager. Yeah. Uh, but then I became a real general manager because I brought the company up to, I think, 40 employees. Oh. Then both partners went into a legal battle and they decided to part ways. And I didn't want to be part of this because everyone was pulling me to his end, of course. And I decided to have some corporate experience. So I joined one of the biggest, largest developers in Dubai. I joined them for two or three days. Then they let me go because the crisis started to come to the surface okay. and started to hit Dubai. Um, and then, yeah, I joined a few real estate agencies. I couldn't go back. I just couldn't. Like, I wanted to go back and I couldn't go back mm. uh, with my career. And then I'm like, okay, I, if there's one real estate transaction that's going to take place in Dubai, why not me? Yeah. Um, yeah. But what, what made you also think, why did you, uh, why were you under the impression? Because being a good salesman, and I know that yeah. from myself, being a good salesman does not mean you're a good manager. Because some people, as a, as a director, as a founder of a company, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you have almost 200 employees right now. Is that yeah. right? Wow. And that's fam that. Only. Yeah, you need, you need, exactly, fam only. So you, you need to have a different skill set, right? So becoming a, a, a managing director, still a broker, and an agent and a salesperson, and then to sh change the mindset from being a, com a big completely different role in business and then to excel the, this role and to, to, to be super successful. Where, was there a, a transition phase or, or how, did, how did you handle this? Look, out of the business context, since I was a kid, you know, running in the neighborhood or at school, I was, you know, I was always, you know, the one the in my group, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and if I'm and if I'm not for any reason, I would literally probably walk away. Yeah. Uh, and then, but I think in business, in the business context, it's totally different. You probably need to have a bit of that, but in the in the business context, I think, long as you're a giver, long as you really you're ready to share knowledge and you understand really what's in it for you, because I think, 
you need to give in order for you to get back. Definitely. So when wow. you share with people what what really adds value to them in terms of the knowledge, the, the experience, and when you're so good at what you do, you would start getting leads and you start getting uh, you know opportunities that you can't handle yourself. And the best way to leverage on this intellectual property that you got and your experience, because no matter how smart you are, you can't change the 24 hours. So the best way to leverage on that is to accept less and by way of sharing it with someone who can make some and you can make some, but you'll make many of these sums. And the many of these sums will be be just so much for you. So you can't have it so big on your own. And I I guess that was the trigger for me. Um, And like I said, I mean, a leader has to be a giver. Yeah. You know, a leader because you were just put as a leader is something. Um, and a leader who's a giver is something else. I think if anyone started just to becoming a giver in a way, in an inspiring way, he'd become a natural born leader. Yeah, that's right. I'm such a, I'm such a big uh, follower of this theory as well, that you have to give more than you get, especially if you start out and that you, that you have to be, especially if you're building a team, really mean it uh, to give your knowledge to give your experiences yeah. to your team well wow, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly we're in this era like content and knowledge is available everywhere yeah like it's not rocket science if you want to fly a helicopter just tell siri ask siri just put on google how to fly a helicopter you could you have tons of yeah exactly yeah. Um, so i mean those who are not sharing knowledge because they feel you should not share knowledge the competitors competitors are watching your I don't think it's intelligent. I don't think it's necessarily intelligent. Yes, you don't have to, you know, uh, disclose your plans and the nitty gritties of what you're doing and your strategies. But I think um, uh, general knowledge is very important because if you want, you need to get the world to know who you are in order for you to get the respect and the attention you deserve. And if you don't tell the world who you are by way of sharing with them how much you know, how are they gonna ever find out how, how good you are? Yeah. And that will, yes, you might, yes, your competitors might make the most out of it and good luck to those, but if they didn't make the most out of it from you and they're seeking knowledge, they'll either learn it themselves or they'll learn it by, by way of practicing or they'll learn it from someone else, you know? But when you share it, you're gonna be known for it. And I think there's so much, there's so much equity for you in this. And people will give it back to you 10 times, right? Yeah, if, I agree. Uh, yeah. If, if, if they have you on, on uh, in the picture, if they know who you are, if they know, and if you're long enough also in the game, which I think is a very important part, yeah. to have skin in the game, to be long enough there, and people start to recognize, okay, Firas or Daniel or anybody else or even the listener, like be patient, work hard, give more than you get. I think this is this is one of the, one of the like, rules that I always even subconscious like I, I followed it you know I always gave I always I really appreciate what you're doing because honestly whether whether there's one person or 10 people or whoever's gonna listen to your to your podcast you know which I think adds so much value and it's it's different in so many ways and there's a vacancy for it in Dubai because someone will ultimately in a year or two someone will have to to occupy that vacancy um, and I think with with consistency you'll definitely be there because like I said, whether it's one or 10 or 100 or 1,000 are listening to this, you're definitely adding value to whoever's listening to, yeah. to these podcasts. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a law on, in this universe. It's as, it's as real as the gravity law. If, yeah. you, if you give, the universe will give you back in, in a way or another. Sometimes you, you spend 
too long time with one client and then it doesn't close yeah. and then somehow be, somehow you, you know, in a week or two or a month or two you close the deal just on the phone someone who knows what he wants exactly come and close the deal with you in a few hours but that's not because you didn't put enough effort into it because actually you've learned so much knowledge and out of the sweat and blood you put in, in previous experiences that allowed you to be in a position to close this new the new client uh, you know fairly quickly yeah and also um what you just said is so important and i and that's one of my one of my ground rules like if i don't do it it will be a matter of time if somebody else does it and not only with this also in our business right the the commission that you earn that your company earns the effort that you make and i know and i follow you for for a long time already and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more than glad and, and, and excited and humbled that we're sitting here together now for Thank half an hour already and, and can talk about vision and about life and about success. Um, so, but somebody else will do what you are dreaming of doing or what you have in mind. Even if you, you know, I, I know so many of my friends, of my colleagues, they plan things, but they never execute. So it's good to plan, it's good to think big. But execution is the most important, right? And even if you do it wrong, and even if you fail, and even if you get 10 times pushback, the 11th time, you will get yeah. appreciation and respect from, from what yeah. you're trying to, to, to get out there. And I think like also, especially in sales business, the, somebody will make the business that you have now if you don't do it. And that's- Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, honestly, Dubai is so, they, they, people say, why Dubai? I'd say, you were literally building history. Yeah. Like how many times you're gonna have the largest airport and the largest infrastructure, hard and soft and roads and destinations and entertainment and, and, and. How many times are you gonna have this All built, you know? Week. Exactly, I don't know how, in how many decades, you know, it will take for them to be, to rebuild what they're building now. Yeah. And, but what's being built with that, it's what's in it for us. What's being built with that are these vacancies that I'm talking about. Who is the top influencer here? Who is the top? A real estate agent here who's the top uh, businessman who's the top ceo who's the top and and honestly we don't sometimes you don't really have to reinvent the wheel and to come up with something totally new where dubai is heading dubai is definitely it will take few cycles in my opinion for dubai to really mature and and you can see different examples of where dubai will head to more or less being a mature market but i think a super model of that when you look at mature markets elsewhere I mean, you go and try to be now the, the best CEO in London, for example, in such a mature market, people have been working there and for, for hundreds of years and you'd see the difference. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, yeah, especially here, this is, is a white canvas. Whatever you can start, whatever you start, Amazing. you will be the first one who does it almost. I mean, there may, might be five, 10, 20 competitors, but whatever you start, especially now with all of the tech opportunities that are coming up, um, Dubai is a playground for people who are entrepreneurs, who are founders by heart, competitors like yourself. Uh, if, if you want to start something, I think this is the place to be. Yeah, and I, like I said, sometimes even if you started early enough, trust me, you won't have competitors. Yeah. I mean, many people started and when they became and they made it, people thought like, oh, this thing works. Okay, let me catch up now. Yeah. And then you start, seeing more competitors coming but i've seen people making it you know all the way up in dubai and literally they didn't have anyone because everyone else didn't believe in what they're doing and they thought that this guy is you know crazy yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> all right uh, firas thanks a lot um 
I'm always ending this podcast with a personal message from the guest to the listeners um, because obviously we're talking a lot about mindset yeah. and, and I think lots of people can learn so much about you and uh, please also we will put your links into the show notes, your Instagram, your social media accounts um, so please follow, follow uh, Firas um, but what is the message that you can give to somebody who is listening to this podcast because the reason why I'm doing this is because I was the one who was listening to podcasts in order to get inspired, in order to find my way to success. So enlighten the people out there with, with, with something that is, that, that is important to you, that is close to, you know, it's close to your heart. It's a message that you want to get out there if you have something. Um, I think especially in this market, I think everyone has to understand that it's not just, it's not just you, you have to be positive just because you have to push yourself and stuff. Well, my friend, I got news for you. you got, we, we got no option but to be positive because, so that's number one. We got no option but to be positive because the other option is to be negative and that would be, death. That would be a disaster. That would death. be a death trap, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, the other, so, so the minute you feel down or the minute you don't feel, you know, uh, much positivity around you, you just tell yourself that I, got no option and I got nothing to lose by being positive you know maybe you can start from that end I got nothing to lose yeah. for being positive and, yeah. uh, and I got everything to win for being positive but if you became positive and you started to to think positive and you start to to see opportunities throughout challenges that you're going through um, I think that's the time you really you tell yourself even if it doesn't work i didn't lose anything by being positive you know yeah. and that's the time you're really gonna have your breakthrough um it's all in your mind i mean like i said there's no rocket science about this but in this market i've started in march 2009 today's market is a honeymoon yeah in march 2009 people thought that dubai mall is gonna close down you would see cars in dubai on the road people just left their cars and they traveled back to their countries wow. Uh, and that's the time I actually bought a bankrupted license uh, who, that started probably a year and a half earlier. And I took it up and I started operations. I, I rented an office for three years and a half, one contract, and I said, no way back, that's it. That was the start of So that was only my perception, honestly, I promise you, that was only my perception. I remember my first deal, my first sales deal, the first sales deal I did, I was just in an elevator because I was on site working hard and there was two uh, local girls talking about buying a property and I probably they just came back from a viewing or something and I said you know I can show you a, a very good unit here and I showed them and that was my first mm. so you just if you're there and you're positive things will will gravitate towards you somehow it will work out for you and remember long as you have human around you that means you have clients around you you know uh, life won't stop Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Thank you very much, Daniel. Uh, I, I also want to say, like, um, if I can contribute in any way, shape or form towards what you're doing, I would do it with an open heart because I think it's very, very inspiring. And I think you will definitely get to places no matter what. You Thank know, you very this, much. Uh, with this, with the mindset and the approach you have and the belief you have that you have, you know, you don't have, you don't have any issue giving actually. In fact, you see value in giving people. And that's the right way to do it, I guess. 
thank you very much for the kind words and it's it's really fascinating how much in common you and i have and i'm pretty sure we'll do another episode uh in the future and uh it's it's, it's really really funny how much in common we have i did my first deal also in the elevator by okay. talking to somebody so it's really really fun thanks a lot uh, for for this great uh, talk with you and uh, yeah guys please follow firas on all his social media channels um, inquire with fan properties if you're looking to rent buy or sell a property <laughs> and uh, yeah please uh, tune in for the next episode uh, of dubai state of mind podcast Best. Best.